0: Welcome to the 27th episode of Outsiders. My name is Julia Curtis-Burns, and I am your host. And today I am joined by... Juliet Austin, consultant, coach,
1: and tea (laughs) snob. What exactly is a tea snob? A person like myself who um, only enjoys a particular type of tea, (laughs) like premium loose leaf teas not like stuff that's in the tea bag
0: wait what so like okay so that means that you would only go to a specific tea place to buy your tea and you can't get Lipton or something like that oh Lipton is a four-letter word in my house yeah no what?
1: no no no, what no <laughs> Lipton no Lipton
0: so what kind of tea do you like then? well so a tea snob like myself
1: so I I basically curate my own teas like I i blend my own teas and I have my own loose leaf tea line from herbals, greens, blacks, white Mm. teas, specialty teas. So I pull them from different areas of the world. And so they're all loose leaf teas, uh, organic, fair trade teas. And so the types of teas that I like are things that are like, that actually look like tea. (laughs) <laughs> like As it opposed, actually
0: came from a plant? Like it came
1: from a plant oh. and not like something that was swept off the floor kind of a look. <laughs> and just so you know, I don't know if most people know this, but um, a lot of like the tea that's in the tea bags like Lipton, those are called tea dust. Tea dustings. Why? Because those are literally the leftovers that are kind of like gathered up and put in tea bags for commercial use.
0: What? Yeah. My whole mind is blown right now. <laughs> so, like, my whole life, I'm like, Lipton tea is yeah. so good. And it's just, like, leftovers. They're, they're just literally the dust. That's why they're so, like, Yeah, that's tiny. why they're so
1: tiny. They're, they call them dust. Oh. Because once you have the really good black, green, you know, the good whole leaf teas mm. and what's left after, you know, shaking things up, just, that's what you get Lipton from. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Lipton is like McDonald's?
1: Yeah. You know, sorry, I mean, McDonald's. I'm kidding. So,
0: and sorry, not Lipton. actually. <laughs> but, and Lipton. I mean, I don't know. I don't work for Lipton, so neither do so, I. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, Julia, what do you do? So I, what do I do? She does I, everything. I do, I do a lot of different
1: things, but my my yeah. main bread and butter is my main bread and butter is <laughs> coaching. So I am a personal and career development coach and also a health coach wrapped up into that as well. And so that's me working one-on-one with individuals on their career development, their personal development, all which wraps into how you're taking care of yourself as well, because you can't do one without the other. Um, Then the other side is consulting with businesses one-on-one or however they need some development around their strategy for diversity and inclusion
0: specifically. Wait. <laughs> diversity and inclusion. That is a word or those are words or terms that are thrown around a lot. Yes. So what does that mean to you? Like what is diversity and inclusion what does that actually mean? Because I feel like it's getting watered down, you know?
1: It is. It really is. And so when I started in this field many, many moons ago, so I've been doing this for a really long time. Okay, first of all, she's like,
0: (laughs) I can't even tell her age, so it's not even
1: many moons ago or whatever. I've been been doing this for over 15 years. Okay. Um, Probably, yeah, probably even longer than that. Um, But in essence, to tell you the truth, I've been doing this my entire life you know, as a black woman. Um, Terms I have that just, we claim. Yes, I claim <laughs> them. And, and, you know, I come from many tribes that I always say, you know what, diversity and inclusion is not something I, I, I necessarily chose. It almost felt like something that I was obligated to do to a degree, mm. uh, being a professional and being how I identify. Um, it was something that was very important to me to make even a small impact on in the workplace but to answer your question what diversity and inclusion is um, and everybody has a different interpretation but it's actually quite simple Um, diversity is specifically a numbers game it's a representation of of underrepresented groups within your workplace whether you have them or you don't. And it could be, you know, women, it could be people of color, it could be by religion, it could be um, LGBTQ, so on and so forth. It could be any underrepresented group within your workplace, and and how are we counting that from diversity's perspective? And are we including, um, do we have a number of different voices and and people present that really is going to help contribute to the company itself? Um, And so from, there's an ethical, Faces to that, too, right? Um, the other half of that equation is inclusion, and you really can't have one without the other. Um, and those two words kind of evolved over the last few years. Uh, when I first started, inclusion didn't even enter into the conversation. We were strictly talking about diversity specifically. And then we realized wait a minute, even if we get a lot of you know, underrepresented people to come through the door, they weren't necessarily staying and <laughs> Right. Right. And they weren't necessarily happy. And they weren't necessarily engaging. So and in essence, the inclusion is okay, so we've tapped into this market of underrepresented groups, we've brought them in, but how are we really involving everyone in the discourse of developing each other, learning, growing, and contributing ultimately to the goals of the company. So it's not just enough to have people represented, it's how are you managing your differences as well, and building and learning from that. So so that's in general what diversity and inclusion is.
0: I feel like that's really important to have them together, because... (laughs) Mm -hmm when, you know, you describe diversity as fulfilling numbers and making sure that you have certain groups represented. But like you said, it's like, okay, so you get the groups to come through the door and then they don't feel like they have programs or support that, you know, enables them to feel empowered at work and so then they leave. And so it's really important to have that kind of duality. Yeah, yes. it's, a, it's a
1: balance. It's acknowledging mm-hmm. that, hey, we're not all the same. And yes. and that's okay. Yeah, And we value that. And we want to leverage those differences. Um, so it's not okay just to have people come and show up and sit at the table um, and then not ask them any
0: questions. Yeah. You know? or, <laughs> or just act like, or just treat everyone as the same. I think sometimes people are scared to admit that, we have differences and they don't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. and then if you don't talk about it then nothing really evolves do you know what's what I mean I know exactly what you mean but what's interesting about
1: that is that even though we're not talking about differences we're still acting on them right And, and that's what's really frustrating um you know, and and we know when we're in a room, when somebody's looking at you or in the, or in, interacting with you in a, in a certain way because you're different, but it's not being said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which which is so silly, you yeah. know? Um, because even though, it, it doesn't mean that just because you're not saying words that you're not communicating something. Yeah. You know, communication goes beyond words. I
0: mean, there's so many things. That every day of my life, I'm reminded that I'm black. Like, <laughs> because they're like little simple things it's not about what people say to me it's about the way that people gesture their hands towards their pockets when I'm in the elevator with them or you know just things like that, that every day I'm like oh yes right because I'm different so I mean those are the things that yeah. really get to me sometimes you know what's really sad about that is that
1: we have these experiences, these daily experiences, these death by a thousand paper cuts mm. that we have, and sometimes we become so accustomed to it that we don't even realize it ourselves. Sometimes, yeah. right? It becomes part of our subconscious and then an, almost an expectation of our existence. It's really sad. Yeah. It is sad. Yeah. It is sad, but what what's what's important about that and what was really drove me as a coach is recognizing that we go through this experience all the time very silently and even subconsciously and it does ultimately take a toll on us both spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally and it affects all aspects of our lives both professionally and personally and so what drives me as a coach is kind of being that person to say, hey, let me help you. Mm. Like, I hear you, I see you, I've been there. Now let's work through this together. Let's acknowledge it and and find pathways to kind of be resilient and to overcome and to be stronger through it versus letting this kind of chip away at us in a way. And be strategic at the same time in in, in how we're walking through life.
0: And finding like the tools, I think yeah. your work is really important because you help people to find the tools to deal with mm-hmm. that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. You know, here's the thing: when I first started out in my career, I didn't have those tools,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I struggled a lot early on. And you know, in hindsight is always twenty twenty, and so I, I, I realized like, wow, if only if I had somebody to support me. To tell me about this and understood what I was feeling or what was going on um, and to help point me in the right direction or at least um, at the very least was just an ear you know yeah. um, and that would have I think that would have been transformative for me in my career um, or much sooner uh, and so I think that having those resources and tools are absolutely critical for success Um, And let's put it this way, our counterparts, you know, or, you know, white men and white women um, often have these networks that
0: sometimes their boys club, you know, the old boys club,
1: uh, sometimes there's that old women's club too, and they have these resources that they not, they themselves don't necessarily realize that they have Mm -hmm. um, um, anchored, that they're anchored into. Um, and so, why shouldn't we? We should
0: be able to do that for ourselves. I think it was unique, and I really, it frustrates me. And I think we talked about this before, but is when, unfortunately, like, if there are one black person at your job, you're like, oh, another black person coming in. Oh, no, they're going to take my spot, as opposed to, oh, that's awesome. We can build a network together. Mm-hmm. And there's this mentality about not being a united group. And I understand where it comes from, but I also see how it's really divisive. It affects us.
1: Oh, you gave me goosebumps with that because that's something that eats at my core when I do not see people of color supporting each other. Um, That is like completely unacceptable to me on all levels. Um, There's no reason for the competition. There's no competition. Um, And we're stronger together. And I know, I understand why sometimes people do feel like we need to separate ourselves in the office. Because let's be honest, yeah. like, you know, two black people speaking to each other in a cafeteria is all right. Now, if you make it three, now we're, like we're organizing, yeah. you know, we're organizing now. And what's funny, and I'm not even exaggerating about that, because no, I've, had, so I've cool. had examples of that where somebody would come. I was, it was three of us speaking in a hall outside of a conference room, and a few people passed by. And then later on, this one person tapped me on my shoulder and said, oh, is there something going on that I don't know about? <laughs> like, Is there a project that you're working on? And you're like, I'm like, I have no, no idea what you're talking about. It's like, oh well, I saw you and you and you and this person um <laughs> talking. Yeah. I was like, We were just talking <laughs>
0: like if there are three white people together, do people say like are, are you guys organizing something? Like that's not the same. I'll never forget. Yeah. I'll never forget when I was student teaching like a long time ago, um, I had a mentor, she was my teacher mentor, and there were, it was a private school, and there were three black students in my class, out of like 25 students or something like that, and three black students were talking to each other, like at the beginning of classes they were walking in or something like that, and she pulled, my mentor was white, and she pulled me aside and she said, we have to do something about those girls, and I said, which girls? And she mentioned the three black Mm -hmm. girls. And I said, what do we have to do something about them? She's like, well, they're always together, you know, we have to separate them. And that stuck with me because it was like, of the whole class, you see clusters of students of the other few talking together, but you see three girls just talking to each other, and it's like they must be organizing or threatening and it was just really That's disheartening so sad. to me because you know they were like three of maybe six in the entire school and, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that is so out. sad I just I that really got like, so upset tired. about that and so I, I just challenged her about it and she didn't really have an explanation but I knew exactly like where it was coming from
1: so. well you know what kudos to you for challenging her on that to begin with because it's not an easy situation to do um, and and there's never really a good response for something like that, right? Because but at least you've made it known. Because
0: often, like, we don't think about it. We just say things and then later, maybe we, like, register why oh, it bothering Or Maybe we don't even like, understand why it bothers us, Right, right.
1: But, right. but that's why it's called, like, a, an unconscious bias. Mm. Yeah. Not that I think every all biases are unconscious. I think some biases are just quite conscious. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and,
0: you know, but
1: that's
0: a whole nother thing. <laughs> so you, tell us a little bit about your career path, because you've been in diversity work and inclusion work for 15 years, you've been in the last year. So how did you get started? And what motivated you to get into this field?
1: All right, well... <laughs>
0: What, All and, right.
1: And, and, and so what happens is, like, I I kind of fell into this field, like I said. Um, I was originally supposed to be a doctor, a medical doctor. Oh. So, and clearly I'm not. And so I'm a disappointment to my parents. Oh, no. <laughs> they wouldn't like that I said that. But do you have siblings?
0: <laughs> I do have siblings, and they're not doctors either. Oh, see, so it's fine. See, I'm an only child. Well, okay, fine. From my dad's side, I'm an only child. From my mom's side, I'm an only child, so I really was trying to, like, pull it together, you know? <laughs> I hope my mom's okay with everything, uh, you know, whatever. Anyway.
1: <laughs> no, but, but okay, so to, to make a, a rather long story short, I was in pre-med. That didn't work out. I took a couple of psychology classes, and I loved them. And what I love about psychology was that it was helping me to understand the world, not just people on a one-on-one level, but it was helping me to understand the world better. Mm-hmm. And and I found that that was actually the best value I had like, to have was what makes us tick, what makes us work, why do we do the things that we do. And once I started to understand certain things, it helped me to understand how our society works and where I fit into it also, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um and so I graduated from UMass Amherst with my degree in, UMass yeah, Um with my degree in psychology. And but I didn't know at the time exactly what I wanted to do with psychology degree. 'Cause I, I wasn't the type of person that wanted somebody laying on the couch, you know, telling me all their problems. I, you know, nothing wrong with no, that no, but wrong. but it wasn't me. And and then I was looking at my parents and their work and I they were struggling, they had some hard times with their work because of their identity. And, you know, being, you know, Haitian being, you know, either a male in the workplace, you know, black male in the workplace, yeah. or you know, black woman in the workplace, and the things that I would hear, you know, and were things that. I would... Are they parents, doctors, or no? Involved? They're not. Oh, they're okay. not. They're not doctors, but just in their in their roles in, in general, they yeah. the thing in the life and the struggles that they were going through. And I remember that having a really big impact on me because I thought, you know they're working so hard. Why should they go through this? these absolutely ridiculous situations of queer bias, queer racism, clear discrimination, clear sexism in the workplace, and they ultimately felt like they were powerless sometimes to even address it. And as I kept researching and talking about it and thinking about it I did come across industrial organizational psychology what is that yeah IO psychology and but I call it like the business psychology right um, but it was it's a field that allowed me to apply a lot of the psychological principles in the workplace and so understanding human behavior. Uh, and applying that to understanding why we do the things that we do in the work in the context of of, of uh, the entity of a corporation, right? So if you think of a business as its own entity, which is technically <laughs> legally they are, right? Um, as its own person, um, how am I diagnosing? that corporation hey, and why they're doing what they're doing, you know, so, so that was a fascinating field for me, and I, and I eventually graduated from Hofstra with my master's in industrial organizational psychology.
0: So that means that you can go into any business, and help them consult with community, help them sort of improve Whatever it is they're trying to get to, Mm -hmm. in your case, it's really like a diversity and inclusion program. Right. So, so I can. So I, so
1: I/O psychologists can take many different paths, which is what I love about the field in I/O psychology. So we come in as part as organizational development consultants. We may go into like directly into talent management or learning and development. Um, people have taken many different routes with an I.O. site degree, Um, so I took the route of organizational development, and so yes, we would go in and, you know, depending on what level you are in an organization, whether you're at a local or national level, for example, or, you know, there's different words for that, but what we essentially do is kind of take assessment of what the needs of the organization are and where the what the goals are, and then create practices and strategies to get us closer to achieving those things. So when I first entered into the field, at the time diversity was popping. You know, it was like <laughs> it, was, it was it was. It you know, especially for the accounting industry. So I would say that the accounting, the tech industry now is where the accounting industry, the financial services industry was like twenty years ago. And you know tech
0: is like a hot market right now.
1: Yeah. yeah, and and it was the same for um, accounting financial services many years ago, um, where we didn't have much representation. On, across the board and so there was a lot of grassroots efforts happening within companies and when I entered in it was the gender initiatives you know so so women were forming their meetings they were uh, looking at how can they advance through the organization and so that became the major like one of the major organizational uh, goals for the company Like, so how do I help this organization develop their women so that they can be you know promoted and excel within the company. And so that evolved into okay, so how do we work with our people of color? And it was the same thing. How do we help support and provide resources for these group of people so that we can develop the organization with them included in it, right? Well how can we help them succeed? And then that eventually evolved into LGBT And then so on and so forth. So it was still, it was growing. And at the time, early on, we didn't even call it diversity. What do you call it? There was, it was just organizational development. It was just organizational development um, with some focus on, okay, diversity, but there wasn't like a department necessarily. And a lot of organizations were doing this work without necessarily calling it diversity work. They were just calling it It, diversity. Yeah. yeah. Development, development, professional development or something like that. Okay. And eventually that evolved into diversity. Diversity evolved into diversity and inclusion.
0: I wonder and what was yeah. gonna be next. Well like, now
1: well now more so now what it is next, some companies have evolved or are trying to be kind of new aging, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, and just call it inclusion. Oh, no diversity. It's just inclusion, no, yeah. Which means everybody. It means everybody. And I understand the logic behind it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not there yet yeah. with, with saying that. I think there's value in specifically saying diversity, but yes, I think that's the new step now. Instead of diversity and inclusion, it's just inclusion. <laughs> it's just inclusion. I, yeah, I
0: like because
1: really. yeah. then it's
0: yeah. I feel like maybe it's more specific. So, what made you go from that to starting your own business?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that is
1: an interesting story. Um, I, you know what? For me, I'm never quite satisfied, and so I've like... No, just professional. Like oh. I always try to like achieve more. You yes. know, try to you know do more, be more. Um, find what are those things that I haven't tried yet.
0: You're intellectually curious. I am
1: intellectually yes. curious. And but you know what? It's I'm more of a risk taker than I thought I was. And, and you know, a few things that were catalyst that were catalyst for me in my life and. I love it. I had this realization of, you know what, I need to do things that can make me happy and can stretch me. I want to be able to say the things that I want to say without feeling like I have this big old corporation or company on my back. And later on, somebody's going to wag their finger at me saying I shouldn't or should or should not have said something, right? Um, I wanted the freedom to be able to be as real as I could be. And be as authentic as I could be um, in my day-to-day life, and so I, I think everything that I do is kind of like a quest for authenticity. And you know, working in a in a in a company corporate world, you lose a lot of that authenticity. in in oneself, and so everything I do, and I actually consciously think about this, is that, okay, can I be authentic today? Can I be authentic with this person? Can I be authentic with this client? And it kind of is what drives me in what I do now. So that's why I'm I'm like working on my- I like that question.
0: I think that's really important to ask yourself to be authentic every day. Right now I'm reading the Four Agreements, Oh, I read that. Oh my god. And I'm just like, Yes, because there you know, there's so many things to think about in that book but the idea of being authentic every day is really important. And asking yourself Well, I think asking yourself, can I be authentic with this person but also challenging yourself to be authentic. Yeah. Every day. And be yourself and be I'm gonna say be vulnerable. Like which is very challenging because a lot of us live in fear and live in fear drives us instead of we really right. right,
1: right. And you know, and that's a really good point that you say is that the fear is what drives us. And I had that realization that I was moving through fear versus through fear face of courage and a a lot of what I coach or speak about sometimes is about courage and building that resiliency and finding that authentic space for yourself Um, because hey life is short you know so I was like I need to be as authentic as I possibly can and you know and and of course there's varying degrees of, of authenticity but I want to be as close to myself um, as I can in my day to day. So what do you do to
0: like remind yourself, or to encourage yourself to be authentic? I know you say can I be, but are there things that you do to like kind of reel yourself in and say like, no, oh, I'm not being authentic right now. So
1: doesn't feel like me. Oh. That's a good question. Um, are there things that I do specifically, other than asking that question? Um, okay. Things that I specifically do, other than to be conscious about it. Like, okay, so if I'm meeting with somebody, with like a a potential client, like I'm very conscious of how I'm I'm dressing, for example, or who I'm going to be meeting, or where I'm going. And but and so what I wear is a very conscious decision. So even if even if I don't I don't I hate wearing suits. But if i got like the
0: blazer and jeans look, <laughs> you know, very professional, <laughs> but also chic. Like she knows about fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um
1: so and I've worn suits for most of my life, and so I'm like, I don't want to rock a suit anymore. Um but if I have but if I put on that suit, it's not out of an like an obligation. So, I mean, just, I, I'm just conscious of what I'm doing, and I give myself permission to do it in that space. Like, okay, Juliet, you got to wear the suit because you're going to this, like, really big client, and you got to wear the suit, you know? So, it's not that I'm not being authentic, I'm conscious of, you know, just why I'm putting it on, as opposed to just putting on the penguin suit, because, <laughs> the penguin suit. The penguin <laughs> suit because that's, like, what everybody else does, you know? And, yeah,
0: I like that for a long time so I used to be a teacher I'm sorry it's so loud we're in a cafe <laughs> and it's happy hour um, I used to be a teacher and one of the things that was really hard for me I'm talking about authenticity is my style like I didn't feel like I could dress the way I actually wanted to dress and and, and it seemed like a little thing Right. Like when you're constantly meeting with people or you are teaching or speaking in front of people that you can feel like mm-hmm. you look like the way you look or or you feel good in your skin or your outfit, it can affect you. So I like that you mm-hmm. consciously decide, like, okay, I'm wearing a suit and I'm thinking about why I'm wearing a suit. Right. But when I meet with another client, I might you know what I mean? Exactly. It's really yeah. important.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, it's like anything else, you had to dress for the occasion, um, as, but that was a big point, like, as opposed to dressing out of obligation, like, for something, you know, because that's what everybody else is and doing it every day, right, it was, like, frustrating, um, but, having having that authentic feel just like something as simple as how you're conveying your style it really can affect your confidence and how secure you feel about yourself and so little things like that really do make a difference yeah. um, and so and that's things that I, I love to talk about with people it's like okay how can we use this as a transformative thing to help you be successful um, and how you're approaching the world, right? Through how you view yourself and how you, you know, and why you're putting those goals on. So once we understand the why behind it, it makes a lot of things a little bit easier. Sometimes
0: we don't question the why. You know, no, we, we just don't do why it, why and then we all. feel like, oh, <laughs> why am I doing this? Like, we don't really ask ourselves why. And yeah, having we, we do ask why, it helps us to better understand and sort of, like, not acclimate, but, like, be okay sometimes with certain things. Like, well, this suit is my ticket to get to, like, my next stepping stone or whatever. <laughs> well, I think we don't ask enough.
1: Why questions in society as a whole. Um, I love the question why. Me too. <laughs> the question why is so revealing, and, and why leads to another why question, and that's when we start making discoveries. And I, I like, for me, like, if I'm able to answer the, the question why, I'm able to assess my actions more mm-hmm. and, uh, and be at peace with it, right? Because there's an a clear reason for it. It's conscious.
0: You're bringing things up to
1: the forefront and being conscious about your day-to-day actions right? and decisions. So we should ask
0: ourselves why every day.
1: Yes. why? Why did you Why did you choose to go to work today? Like why did you get up? Why did you choose this path? Why did you do that? I I ask myself that all the time, and the day I get a different answer is when I start to reevaluate
0: and start digging a little
1: bit, and asking even more why questions, you know. Um, and so at some point, you know, at one point in my career, I asked myself, okay, wait, why am I going into the office today? Why am I doing this job that I'm not really engaged in anymore? And I had to be really honest with myself. And if it wasn't for that question why, I would not have been to where I am right now, working independently, and started my own business, you know, so... I, I totally identify with that. Yeah. I mean, of course I. you do. You, yeah. You've
0: gone down that path yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I was like, well, why am I feeling so miserable at a certain point? Right. And then I was like, because I'm not doing what I really want to do. Why, why am I not doing do what, do what I really want to do? I'm scared. Why am I scared? Yes, why, so are scared? <laughs> why are
1: you so scared? Why are we so scared? Why are
0: we so scared? And the thing is, like, <laughs> this year, like, well, like, like June 2015 to like 2016 and onward, even my year of like lighting of my fears, and really just say, why am I so scared? Why am I just try? And so, but that's like a big thing. For a lot of us, it's like a big thing. Instead of being driven by courage, we're driven by fear. And so we have to start to ask, well, why are we driven by that? So, because,
1: you know what? Fear yeah. is a very primal emotion. Yeah. It, it's, it it serves its purpose and it has a real role in our so, life. You know, it protects us, right? If we we succumb to fear because it it keeps us feeling secure and safe. And I have a quote on my on my wall at home actually that says, "Start living your life fearlessly." Yes. And so I remind myself every day that I walk into that room to live my life fearlessly and to ask myself, why do I have this fear? Is it it a rational fear? Or is this a fear that was placed on me because through media, society, some kind of social construct, whatever it may be, is it actually logical, is it rational? And a lot of times we don't even think about these things. We don't ask ourselves why. And most of the times, it's like, what's the worst that's going to happen, right?
0: Exactly.
1: What's going to happen? And the answer usually is nothing. Nothing's going to happen other than you being more courageous and stepping closer to, you know, your
0: path. I started thinking about... The idea of rejection. Okay. Of rejection. Rejection. Right? So, like, when you have your own business, you often have to go pitch yes. your services, right? Yeah. Your idea, whatever it is that you're offering, you have to pitch that to people. And sometimes people will be like, awesome, yes. And sometimes people will be like, well, no, I don't know. But I've decided that, to me, no means next. And I'll just keep going to the next person. I say no no means not now,
1: Mm. because even sometimes people who say no may come back to you a year later. That's true. So no doesn't necessarily mean never, it just means not now.
0: Not right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, who knows? You might think the person that was like, this is is a crazy idea, I'm not going to support it. And then they call you and they're like, oh, I thought about it. Okay. So you never know, but I think yeah. the idea is just be consistent and keep pursuing whatever it is that like, you know. Do you no, I mean, it, 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 it. oh wait.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, in in our careers and, and just being professionals, we we like, you know a lot for different things and. And it does kind of, you know, in the beginning it does work a little bit, like you feel it, you yeah. do feel it, um, but it's, it's a, it's a practice, it's a kind of a muscle that you have to develop over time of recognizing that it's not personal to you sometimes, it's, it's not, it's just a not now answer, and that's when I learned to accept that, you know? um, it's not always easy, but that's also a conscious decision, conscious conversation to have with myself, uh, saying, "Okay, it's not now. They didn't mean that personally. It's not that I could." And you know, and the brain wants to go through the million and one things that I could have done differently.
0: And like it's not always personal. It's not always like about you or something you did wrong. You start to internalize things. Mm -hmm. We're like, well I'm not good enough (laughs) and (laughs) I have a horrible idea. You know? (laughs) Like crying and it's it's really it's really (laughs) just about, okay, well let's see why that didn't work so well. Yeah, you know
1: what also helps with that is building the confidence as well. Building confidence from and knowing that you're good at what you're doing. And being secure in that. Right? And, yeah. and that's not always going to be, I, That's something I work on all the time. With and yourself? Or, yeah, because, with myself. Oh. With myself. You know, just... I don't think we all just... Even the most successful people don't automatically just think of themselves as you know, like perfectly everything that they do. Yeah. Um, there's active conversations that are constantly happening in every every leader's head of building that resiliency, that courage, that, you know, confidence and that faith in themselves to keep going. Otherwise all of those no's will prompt it you. It's
0: true. So we're talking about self talk and being positive and having courage, what are some ways that you you're also a health coach, what are some ways that you personally make sure you take care of yourself? Well, that's how the tea
1: came about.
0: Oh! Tell us about the tea coming about.
1: Well, you know, working in um, In diversity and inclusion, it's very, it can be very uh, stressful, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) It's stressful, and you know, I used to say, Every morning I have to put on my armor. And if I didn't have my armor on, I felt it. I really felt it. There were many days where I was forgetful and I didn't put my armor on. And very early on I realized like I wasn't I wasn't doing well personally. And Again to make a long story short, I came
0: across You can tell us t-
1: long stories,
0: it's okay. That's what the podcast is about. I don't wanna
1: keep talking. Like nobody like I don't people may not find that interesting. But the story is that, you know, so sometimes I would get into these like and we all know this death by a million paper cuts, you know, things that happen throughout our days. And and I would be so frustrated sometimes that I would run across to a tea cafe, tea bar, and I would literally over time I think I had every one of their teas, a hundred different teas. But you know what, it became part of my self-care and the tea ironically from a diversity standpoint, it actually represented diversity to me. So I was drinking teas from many different regions around the world. Um, and all of them had a great story. All of them were very different from each other, and all of them were really good for their own reasons, right? And so there's this plethora of different types of teas that I was learning about, and you—it's it, a way to peek into the like, culture and at the same time it was giving me peace (laughs) it was giving it was literally giving me peace like that moment when I was drinking that really great tea is 10-15 minutes of just me and my thoughts and eventually I ended up losing weight I started feeling better my question improved everything just started improving because I was giving myself that time and and Nourishing my body with really good quality tea, not the Lipton stuff. Not and, Lipton. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so that actually became part of my my self care. So I started blending and doing things on my own, and, and it almost became like an art for me of just being able to find the right teas for the right occasion for the right. Time of day and how I was feeling that day. I could find a perfect tea for myself to help support me. You know? So if I was feeling down, I could find something that'll help uplift me. Um, if I needed to rest, I could help find something that'll support me in, in my rest, you know, and so on and so forth. And so it was that was part of my self care.
0: Um,
1: so tea is a big is a big part of it. Um, also, family. Family is really a really big part of self care. Um, Lord knows I've I've gone home many a times and just totally like like decompress everything for <laughs> my day and like and what's awesome about having family who have been there understand and friends I should say. Um they're the they're the people that like, yeah, that was messed up kind of, you, know, you know what I mean? Like you need people to corner, They're in your corner, yeah. they're cheering you on, they like they understand it and so that, that that's like energy back in. Uh, and then meditation is really uh, Meditation for me is an important part of my process, and that kind of couples with the with the team. And I just need to be in my thoughts, my own thoughts. And meditation allows me to decipher things that I'm feeling or things that happen through the day, um, and put it to rest <laughs> put it to rest or put it in perspective and, just, um, and look at the bigger picture so those, those are part of my self care so how often do you meditate? You, 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 you? you know not as often as I want but it's I try to meditate once a day but you know what it doesn't take a lot either so I'll even have a meditative moment on the train in New York City you know, just standing there with a hundred other people. <laughs> but you don't know what you're
0: doing. You I know? just close my eyes.
1: Yeah. I have my, my mala beads that I, I have in my wrist. And what are I, mala beads?
0: Well, these
1: help um, with my mantras, the repetitive mantras. It could be a prayer. It could be anything. It's different for everybody. But I have my different mantras for the day. Yeah. Um, you know, something that's supportive or something I want to remind myself of. And I'll just close my mind and I'll go through a mantra for five, ten minutes. Yeah. So do you like hold the beads? I do. do I like hold the, the beads. Bead? And so each one is one count of uh, the mantra. Oh, yeah. I love that. And it just helps to focus. Yeah. Otherwise my mind would be a hundred different places. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, because one of the things that I really. Like I've tried like guided meditation, like using YouTube, but I think what's been most helpful is sort of like using you know with my own mantras mm-hmm. and using them to help me reflect. I and mean, my favorite type of meditation is sort of like, reflecting on all of the things I'm grateful for. People. Because often when you go through the day, there's so many things you're like, oh, this didn't work or this didn't work or this was stressful. There's so, so much that you have, you have to remember that it gives you life, you know, yeah. you know? and so that's why what, what my mom was mantras, like, I just all of my family, my friends, yes. my pets, everything. Yes. So really
1: be it really helps. That's beautiful, and you know, having that, uh, coming from a place of gratitude, you see how far you've also come. It's, you know, we're our own worst critics, and we're the hardest on ourselves, and expressing gratitude puts everything in perspective.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you journal? Mm, You know, I used to. I don't do as much anymore, um, and I don't know why. I I have to get back into that. I I recommend it. I don't either. I want to. I try to do, like, a... You know, as a, at least you're doing it. At least you're doing something. I, I used to journal every day. And I, For years. For years. So I, I have enough to write a book, and maybe one day I will.
0: You will. I
1: That's think awesome. I should, because yeah, I have I stories. I I sure. stories.
0: I'm sure you do. Diversity. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. Stories
0: that nobody even believes even happen. Can but you they tell happen. us one? One crazy story? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Story time!
0: Story time! <laughs> what should I say? Okay,
1: so some people think that because you're in a professional setting, in a corporate environment, that there are certain parameters that people don't cross. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not, right? Um, but I remember once we were, I was facilitating, or helping to facilitate uh, an event or a workshop. And before we could even get started, so this was in front of a group of majority of not all white men, mostly white men. And and they're fairly senior people, mid-level senior people. And before we could even get started on the workshop, I mean literally we just walked in the room. And we were standing in the front of the room about to say good morning. And <laughs> Oh my god. And then just as the good morning started to come out, one one gentleman stood up and was like I wanna know why I can't say the N-word.
0: What? I, I picked up my cup of coffee and I was like, you know what, I need a moment. Oh I need a moment. God. <laughs> and you're like, so this is how this day is gonna
1: go. Okay. We didn't even get started. And and what was even more surprising about that is that he was in good company. And so he explained this. Like, mind you, we didn't even talk about what this workshop is going to be, what we're going to do. We just, just my presence there was enough to trigger that in him. And so when he explained that, somebody else piped up, like, yeah, that's a good point. I want to talk about that. I want, and like, they wanted to be able to say the emperor. And like, how do you react to yeah. that? Like, how do you even start? That completely threw us off, and when I tell people this story, they're like, nah, that didn't really happen, come on, they, these are like, these are professional people, really it. I'm like, no, the, they're so bold that they wanted, you know. but the answer to that question, how we handled it was, we said, you know what, sir, that's a great question, but that's another workshop. I'm happy to answer it later, but we're going to go in a completely different direction right now. And if you still feel the need to say it, (laughs) then we'll create a separate workshop for that. Um, But it's amazing how they really wanted permission to say the N word. And what it also did was set the tone for the rest of the day. And I already knew that we already lost the audience because no matter what we were going to share about diversity and inclusion, their minds were already made up. That's
0: yeah. And that to me is like a power difference, right? Right yeah. after that, before you even open your mouth, it's already like established. Oh, yeah. 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 It's already set. I already, yeah. Done. Already like, Done. I know about this. I got this already. This is what the issue is. It's your yeah. issue. Why can't I see this yeah.
1: And then there was one other time, in another workshop, where um, a guy was, was so upset, he wanted to make sure I know how upset he was, so he walked up to me and said, you know, you're a complete waste. What? Yes. He's like, you're a complete waste. You're a complete waste of time, you're a complete waste of money, and you're not needed here. Talk about needing armor. For days like that. What did you say? You know what? I was I think I was probably in a little bit of shock, but the most I could say was, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know? What else
0: can I say? I'm sorry you, you feel that way. See we carry that with us. Like that hurts. Yeah. Oh of course. No matter what armor we put on or not. I mean yeah. It's just
1: complete disrespect. Yeah. I mean the message there in those both two separate instances where it is we don't respect you, we don't value you. We don't think this is important, we've already made our <laughs> minds, there's no value in this conversation. I'm not I'm not willing to learn anything new. That's the message that do gets care I they don't care, yeah. Let's yeah. maintain the status quo.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's yeah, we could have a whole so, I,
1: have so I know, lot. like, you're like in despair. Like, I'm
0: like, I get so upset about that. Like, the n word is like something that I have a lot of issues with because it's thrown around so much, by certain people. It just, it, you know, I can't... This is another podcast. Yeah. I get, I get, I get really upset about it. I will really call it the N-word podcast. Yeah, I get really upset. I I'll just say, like, my two cents. I don't think that anyone should use it. I think that yeah. it carries a lot of negative connotation. It has a history. And I understand about claiming terms or reclaiming terms or devaluing power of terms or claiming one no Just, you yeah. I think it goes too messy. I can't. I think it gets too so messy when it becomes an issue of who can say it when and where.
1: <laughs> it becomes too complicated, it's like just uh, erase it altogether.
0: Yeah. I don't like to say erase words, but I mean, I just I think that there's so much in it. Tabby. It's very ugly. Nice. So I personally. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. It's I, so hear so you. It's I hear you.
1: It's Right, yeah. and that's why there was no way I was going to be able to answer that man's
0: question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like at that moment, like oh, let's let's give you a one. There's no, no answer like got other, You
1: know,
0: yeah, about um, so much. Well, at
1: least it, I, you know, there's no answer that he would have ever been
0: satisfied with. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So, so yeah. one of the things I like to talk about okay. is innovation and I interview
1: innovative women like yourself. So, Julia, what makes you innovative? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. What makes me innovative? I don't know. Okay, so I proclaim myself to be the least innovative creative person sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, I don't know. Let me see how I can answer this. Um... I evolved and innovated myself in a way that took me out of a status quo path to say or a predictable path. And so I had to be I forced myself to be innovative to think of a different way to see myself as a professional woman, woman. Um, I don't know if that counts as being innovative, but... It counts. I took, I, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it can, I, you know, and I had to see myself as different from what people always told me I was supposed to be doing. Like, I have to go down this specific path of, okay, so now you're a supervisor, then you're a manager, then you're this, then you're a the director, then you're this. And so I took myself out of that and innovated myself in a way... To say I'm creating my own thing, and doing my own, thing. making my own path, making my own path, and I'm I'm changing how I coach or how people coach in general to involve so many other aspects and it, and of an individual that I don't think a lot of people consider, and and having a different dialogue with people and having a more authentic dialogue with people. Authenticity. Authenticity. And giving people the space to be authentic. I mean, you know, I know what that feels like, where you go, you work 50 hours a week sometimes, and at no point in time in those 50 hours were you ever really yourself. Yeah. That's painful. It is painful. That's exhausting. Like, it makes me cry to think about that. So when I see other people doing that, that pains me. And so my practice innovated in that way to allow people that space to do that, to be real and to be authentic and I think sometimes if we're working with certain other, you know, in other profession, with other professionals or you know, whatever it may be, professional development it doesn't necessarily address that. And so I tell my clients, like, listen, if you want to curse, you can curse. You can, I have no problems with that. Like, you say whatever you want to say those are emotions those are real and I acknowledge them and you need to acknowledge them for yourself so that is something I think is different for for me and how I've been innovative in, been innovative in the conversation around coaching and developing myself and my career path you see
0: that's awesome I got an answer you got it that was perfect I have to think about it though it was good okay what is one book that you think everyone on their path of evolution should
1: Wow. One yeah, or two. Amazing. I have a whole bookshelf <laughs> of things that I have read. <laughs> I have a library. I say book i mean like a, a, literally a floor-to-ceiling bookshop i love books and i have a hard time
0: parting with them
1: um uh, because they all have meaning. Like, to
0: <laughs> yeah. are you like one of those people that like <laughs> you borrow books from people and then you love the book but you're like so secretly you're like i'm just gonna add this to my collection and if they really want it back i'm gonna give it back to them but Okay, I, I can tell you. I knew no, it. no, 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 no. No, I am not one of those people.
1: But I will tell you this: people have borrowed from me and never given them back because I have I such an extens- extensive book collection. Sometimes people
0: taking my favorite books from me. Now. Yes, It, it hurts. hurts. It hurts, and I
1: remember all of them.
0: I remember all. Of them. And <laughs> I may mean, never see that person the same way because I'm like, where's my book?
1: I still love you, but you just. It's not like, you know, I could easily just buy a number
0: I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like,
1: what? It's the principle, right? It's the principle. <laughs> no, but books, I love my books, Um, and there's so many I can think about, but the one that popped into my head for some reason is The Secret.
0: I'm reading that right now! Are you really? Yes. That's awesome! What would you think of it? I love it. It's like, it's everything. It's like, it's so true. I mean, if, I, I mean... Listeners, like you know, I'm not gonna tell you what the secret is. You got to read the book. <laughs> yes, but read it's the so book. True. The secret. Here's the thing
1: about the secret. So true. The secret is actually. It was a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal moment. And but there's a book and there's a movie. Okay, so watch the movie also. But it actually and and it's not perfect um theoretical concept. There's like some flaws to it, but at the heart of it is a very important point and I don't want to give it away. Ultimately what it's inviting you to do is to ask why and to challenge yourself to be focused on your goal, and and their power, you know. Like I don't want to sound like so like like a hippie here, but you know what the bottom line message is that we have a lot more power in ourselves than we give ourselves credit for. That we are definitely capable of a lot. And so I think that's a really important part of the, the secret that's a takeaway without giving too much of it. Yeah.
0: We are way more powerful than human. Yes, yes. But the, but the power in that is the realization that you are able to
1: Mm-hmm. And you know it's, we're able to uh, accomplish things that we think is impossible and it addresses the fear aspect also that we talked about earlier um and so all of those things started to come together for me in my brain and it took time
0: it took time
1: but then i started to realize my own power and we all have it all have it you have it you've done amazing things so have um, you so yeah The Secret then what else um, gosh there's so many different books I'm I would say there's a lot of the types of books that I read are kind of have a historical context of buildings that allows me to build self-awareness and education of me my history um, just having knowledge of self from um, an African, you know, American or you know, Black American person, Asian American person, um, woman. So things that speak to me um, from a historical standpoint that gives me strength. So the more you know about your history, the more strength you can you can build for yourself.
0: Africa. So important. So important. Yeah. So earlier you said mm-hmm. tribes. Yes. You know, we were talking a little bit about identity and you said tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, tribes. Can you talk about what that means to you? Yeah, I describe them as tribes
1: because we all have... So some people say different identity. I call them tribes. And we all have many different tribes that we... Are a part of, um, and some of us are a part of the same tribe. Some of you are a part of different tribes. There are many, many different tribes that we're a part of. Um, I am a tribe, of, part of a tribe of women. You know, female. and am a woman. That's one tribe. I'm black. That's another tribe. I'm Haitian American. That's another tribe. Um, I am. I am straight. That's one other. That's another tribe. That's another tribe. That's another tribe. Um, I do have certain privileges that's another tribe and that's something that's really important to recognize you know our privileges yeah you know I had a a colleague of mine ask me that question uh, just a few days ago like you know what are your privileges and I had to think about that I was like privilege Oh, let me not forget that I do have privileges. And, and that's another way of expressing gratitude sometimes, yeah. also. Or just recognizing or putting things in perspective. Like, where are we privileged in our own lives? Um, but yeah, the tribes
0: are many. Are, are many. Um, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to start identifying the tribes. Right. Uh, you know, it just finds, it, I like the way it sounds and flows
1: better than this identity. Yeah, I like that. And we move through our tribes. So one day I could be um, really gender gender focused in my tribe, you know what I mean, like in how I express myself. And then other days I'm, you know, and some things, other things are not separated from each other, you know. So everything
0: is part of a whole. I like that a lot because I, a lot of times I'm either this identity first or that identity first. You know I'm like. Am I a woman first, or I'm black first? Mm-hmm.
1: Am I queer
0: first, mm-hmm. or I am mean, You know what I mean? Like, there are all of these different like, things that I feel like I are... Like, <laughs> I'm <like>, I <what you laughs> a part of. Like, you're a you part of all the like, time. You're, like, you're thinking about it yeah. like a tribe. It's like you're just part of this large community. Of... I think it's a familial tribe. Right?
1: Uh, many tribes, and we are complex beings and it's okay to be complex we're never one thing at any one point in time sometimes you know and like it's okay to be fluid yeah it's okay to be
0: fluid you know in many ways in many ways (laughs) exactly it's (laughs) okay to be fluid it's okay to be fluid well, this has been an enlightening, awesome, amazing podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, be authentic. Yeah. Say what you need to say. Like John Mayer, son. <laughs> <Thank laughs> I, I quote him a lot. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.